Guys, welcome and girls to another episode of Metal Mastermind. I believe we are on episode number 51. Uh, I am your co-host and co-founder, Jason Stallworth, and we also have co-host and co-founder, the great Ken Kendellis. Back at it's it been again. A while. Yeah, we yeah, we're back been at a little it. while. Yeah, it's been a, been a few been a few moments here, and there's a good reason for that. And maybe we'll get into that later because we've got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, but let's jump right into this topic. This is uh, this is something that can help everyone, not just musicians. We're talking about is your routine holding you back? And of course, you see the title of the podcast. But is your routine holding you back? Uh, we're gonna Ken and I both have some really cool productivity hacks we found that works for both of us. And we're going to talk about saying the no word sometimes. So, Ken, do you have any daily routines? Let's kick it off with that. Is, is there any daily routine you have or do you not have one? Or is there, is there anything that you feel you need to do or like to do to get started? You know, uh, okay, this is a great question because sometimes you don't realize you have a routine, but you do, Right. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize it, but subconsciously they are always moving within a routine. And for me, right, it's habitual to always come back to the studio, right? And the studio is where I keep my routine, making me do my work, right? And I've created an environment that constantly feeds into wanting to be in the studio, wanting to work, right? Mm. So. That's like a really, that. really important, you know, thing to understand is that your routine is just what you do on a day-to-day basis. What are your habitual moves and what are those doing in order to either further your goals in one way, shape or another, whether that's personal or that's going to be something work related or whatever. But yeah, my routine is um, when I'm not, when I'm not at work, man, I just look for time to get to the, the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's, let's go down in there. And, you know, Elizabeth is fantastic. You know, she is just so understanding of me wanting to do my own thing. Um, and she knows she's like, yeah, no, you got to work. You got to go downstairs to the studio. You, you're good. And, you know, if she needs something, she'll FaceTime me or whatever, but it's, it's a healthy working relationship that way. When we do our music, when we do metal mastermind, when we do anything else that we need to do. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if I'm watching like uh, a show or something, uh, you know, sometimes I get the, the itch to uh, go back in the studio. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. I try not to uh, go too long, but uh, sometimes it's uh, it's good to also just break away from uh, constantly being in the studio. You know, you got to you got to reset yourself or you got to either heal if you're sick. You know, actually, I was a little sick the past week or so because i uh i caught the flu but um i'm good now (laughs) uh but yeah what about you man like what are your uh habituals what are your routines that you do dude i mean mine my personal one and it's been this way for years is personally just going to the gym in the morning uh i train you know five six days a week but i got caught up and this is kind of why i wanted to bring this up i got caught up into well Maybe I need to do this ritual. I need to do that, 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 that. And what I found myself doing, you know, we talk about, okay, well, spend time in gratitude, you know, go train. If, if you meditate, do that. If you need to read or whatever, 
if you start piling all that stuff on, hours have gone by before you even start your work. And, and you're like, okay, I'm kind of don't really want to work now. So I sort of found myself backing away from having to do certain things before I start something. Uh, you know, sometimes you can get to a point where you're like, well, if I don't do this, then my day's just ruined. And I remember when I worked in the corporate environment, and of course, I, this is this is not a bad thing, but I had to go to the gym. If I, if I didn't go to the gym before walking into that office, my day was destroyed. And a lot of that was because I just didn't really want to be there. You know, it's like, uh, right. I don't want to go to work today. <laughs> so, you know, but now I, I love what I do. I, I've been on my own now for uh, four years this month, man. I've been away from the corporate world for four years now. Full-time, full-time guitar player, musician, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call me, you know. But, you know, it, it's easy, though, as an entrepreneur to get caught up into what we call these these biohacks or productivity hacks. And I know we're going to talk about that. Uh, really, these hacks are just tips that, that have worked for Ken and I both. Which, dude, your, like, your routine sounds amazing. It's like you don't say that, well, I have to do this before I do that. And I guess that's the point I want to make is – be careful with routines. Routines can like destroy your productivity. They can destroy progress because you get so caught up in the routine that you don't do the work that needs to be done. And if you're going for something, whether it's writing a song, writing a book, writing a blog post, starting a business, running a business, if you put all this stuff in front of that that you have to do in order to be in the proper quote unquote mindset to work, then you're really holding yourself back or you can hold yourself back because yeah. you've put all these tasks in front of what's really important. And that's the work that you have to do. And I'm not saying don't do the other stuff. Look at me. I know a lot of people talk about meditation these days and I, I call it really clearing my head and I do that from time to time, but it's not something that I do every day. It's not something that I feel like I have to do or, or else my day is just destroyed it's best sometimes just to do the work that you know you got to do just get it done man if, if you're going in the studio to write a song we'll, we'll get your butt in the studio and write a freaking song <laughs> you know what i mean because if you, you know you this, all this stuff before that you know oh. this this reminds me of um you know when i was when i you know whenever you're trying to learn about entrepreneurship or this stuff there's always this uh story of um a billionaire who when you look at a billionaire's closet what do you see? You just see like the same black stuff. shirts, yeah. same things, you know, it's probably like duplicates of the same thing. And, and you're, you're asked the question is why does he do that instead of wearing all the Gucci and all the Versace and all this colorful stuff? And it's because it's less brain power, right? right. It's less brain power to do those things. So if you kind of think of your routine as your closet, you know, if you start bringing up too many things uh, in your schedule that you have to absolutely do before you get to doing certain things, or even if it's at the end of the day and, you know, you're just tired and you want to go to sleep, you have to do this thing before you go to sleep, you know, whatever. Okay, it's like, yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna start clogging up your, you know, your, your, your time well spent. So I just look at it as, you know, reduce the amount of brain power, man, you know, like just yeah. make it simple. And for me, it's, that's, that's what I try to do it. I try to keep it simple. Um, you know, I've eliminated enough clutter where what I look forward to is in my studio, you know, 
And, uh, you know, like I have, I have, I haven't updated my Xbox since like, I don't know, 2017, 2016, whenever I got Xbox one, I still have the Xbox one. I don't have the new Xbox. I don't have the new Nintendo switch. I don't have the new PlayStation. Everybody else I know has that stuff. And I'm like, dang, that looks cool. I have my computer (laughs) because that's where I put all my work into. So that's my entire point is just eliminate the clutter. Like, you know, you don't, you don't need to, to do all these things all the time. You can just, you know, choose to focus on what actually gets it done. And, you know, my quote unquote meditation, you know, when COVID was around, you know, during the pandemic, um, I was really like trying to focus on meditation because it was an opportunity to not work so hard. I mean, I was working like 72 hour days sometimes when I was doing good morning America. And that was, that was rough. (laughs) Uh, You know, you, I was teaching at night and then after my class, I'd go to good morning America 1am because it'd be down the street. Um, And then I would stay there till 10am. I'd come back at around noon, sleep for four hours, maybe. Um, and then <laughs> wake up just to go back to work. It was, it was rough, rough, rough. And you can't do that forever. So when the pandemic hit, meditation became a, a big thing for me because it allowed me to stop and just think, you know, and that's where I came to the realization of stuff like wanting to do metal mastermind and wanting to pursue Homeric. And that was really pivotal. So meditation can be very powerful. It's not to say that it's useless and you shouldn't do it because it's clutter in your life. Those are things that actually are very powerful and they can provide enormous amounts of benefits. Um, but if you get into the mindset of you have to meditate before you do anything and this is, you know, going to, you know, it, it becomes a crutch for you, then that's when you are already, you know, putting yourself in a routine that now you're dependent on. And if it becomes out of that, you know, I, I can understand that every once in a while you might want to meditate, um, you know, but if, if, if you feel like you need to do something right now and, and get that done and you need to be at your work, uh, whatever sacred to you, like do that, like just tap into that. that. Yeah. And that's where I feel as musicians, um, we have a special ability to tap into inspiration like that. So just lean into it, you know, lean into that. That's your, that's your inspiration calling to you to say, Hey, let's just do this, you know, follow your intuition. That's a very important thing. Um, I, I feel like some people don't listen to their intuition enough and they prioritize, you know, whatever is the game plan of the, the routine you know, rather than just leaning into intuition and say, you know, maybe today I can, you know, lay off a little bit on this. And let me just focus because I'm ready. You know, let's just go. Yeah, you can kill it, right? If you got too much stuff going on or and I think sometimes it might be an excuse for us to push off what we really need to do. And then we say, well, we didn't quite get to that today because we did our routine. We feel good about doing our routine, but you really didn't right. do what you needed to do that day. And so a lot of things like I, I love to train. I love I love the gym. So that's part of who I am. It's part of my life. So I do that first thing in the morning. I wake up, you know, 430 or if I had a gig the night before, I might wake up at six, whatever. That's one thing I like to do first thing. But there are days, let's say I'm going to film somewhere and I have to be there earlier. Well, I might not go to the gym that day. 
right? I don't say, well, I've got to go to the gym so I can start my day, you know, or, or this, this photo, this filming session is going to be ruined if I don't go. I've gotten away from that, you know, and there, there are a lot of things now that I don't necessarily do every day. I mean, we're talking about meditation here. I, I only do that for like 10 minutes at a time. And it's just to me, I just call it mental house cleaning and it's just getting rid of stuff, you know, getting rid of the junk up there. I think, uh, it's almost like donating blood. You know, you, you get out, you, you get out the old blood so that your body can produce new. So it's kind of like that, but that's not something you do every day, obviously, I guess every few months. So I've gotten to the point where even with some of the quote unquote routines that I might have, which aren't really routines when it comes to that kind of stuff, whether it be reading, studying, uh, spending time learning another language, whatever it may be, I might not, well, I probably don't. I don't do hardly any of that stuff every single day. So it's more on a weekly scale than it is a daily scale. Because like you said, Ken, sometimes you know that you need to be working on this thing. And if you don't start right now, then you're going to lose that fire or you're just not going to get as far. And if you stick, you know, these, all these routines before that, then you're just pushing yourself back even further. So we say that to say this, be careful with routines. Routines can be good. Ha good habits can be good, obviously, but, but be careful that, like you said, Ken, that they're not a crutch, that you're not depending on those things. So yeah, good conversation, man. I mean, on that note, is there anything that you have that helps you be more productive? Is there anything that sometimes you might do, maybe not all the time, but every now and then, uh, to yeah. kind of get in that headspace, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you gotta, you gotta say no to the things that you don't want to do. I mean, it's really that simple because the less that you're working on stuff that you don't want to work on in terms of what brings you closer to the things that you want to actually accomplish, right? Then that's where you have to start you know, reconsidering what it is that you're doing with your time because now you're devoting energy. Uh, <laughs> Ellie calls them um, energy dollars or energy bills. You nice. know, like, I like that. And it's like, you know, you have, you have $100 to spend today on your energy yeah. and, you know, how much are you spending on what it is that you're trying to do, right? So I love that analogy. And um, you have to think about it as if you're like budgeting your energy, you know? You can't be doing too much towards the things that are not self-serving in that, in, in the way of your goals. So for example, like I, I am a, I'm a producer, I'm an audio engineer, I'm, a, I'm an artist, I'm a, I'm a lot of things, right? And I have worn every single one of those hats um, for people and working for people. And I've tried producing for other people and I can produce, that's fine. But what I don't like is that every time I produce somebody in the back of my mind, it's like, what about your own stuff, Ken? Why aren't you taking <laughs> this energy and putting it into Homeric or uh, Metal Mastermind yeah. or something like that. I'm like, dang, you know, and I am constantly feeling that pressure. It's, it's just, it's natural for me because I, I'm, I'm always focused on trying to do Metal Mastermind and Homeric. And so I had to come to a decision where I was like, okay, I need to walk away from producing for other people, despite, you know, like if you're a producer and that's what you want to do and you, or you want to engineer for people, which is why I don't engineer for people anymore. It's yeah. because I always want to be doing the thing that is related to Homeric or, or Metal Mastermind. Like if I start doing other people's stuff, 
Now, you know, if your aspiration is to make as many records as possible, because as an engineer or producer, that's, that's, you know, your discography is your, you know, work history, but that isn't what I want. Like, I don't want a discography of me working with so many other people and artists. Cause you know what? That's not my role. I'm the artist. <laughs> so that's what I need to do. I need to be the artist. I need to work on my own thing. So I had to stop uh, taking on clients and I had to intentionally say, I'm just, I'm going to focus on what it is that I do. And so now I don't have that pressure, you know? Um, and the only kind of pressure that I do for anything else is, you know, teaching. And you know what? I love teaching. Teaching is a great job because I feel rewarded for the reciprocation from my students every time I, you know, I teach a lesson and, and it, it clicks for them. Uh, I'm helping people. I'm giving back. Right. So I, I get, I get fulfillment in other ways when I'm teaching. But one of the things that I absolutely love about teaching is that it actually gives me more time to work on the thing that I actually want to do, which is Homeric and the metal mastermind, right? I'm saying that so that, you know, I get, you know, I get paid well enough to be able to work on those things without stress. That's the, that's the, the, the balance. I'm like, okay, now, you know what I'm cooking. And every time I come back to the classroom, I've always got something exciting because I'm working on this thing and the students see that I'm doing that. So I'm leading by example. And I'm even including them sometimes in the process and say, Hey, you know, I'm figuring out prices today for, for merchandise. You want to, you want to help me work that out? And they're That's like, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. And, and we're on the whiteboard and we're, we're, we're writing this stuff down and, you know, we're feeding back and I'm like, you know, okay. So what would be, you know, what would make you want to buy this CD? Oh, okay. Right. And we were just, we just planned this stuff out, but you know what? I've eliminated resistance, you know? So my, my energy towards my students is more intentional and my energy towards my music and my, my work, the, my magnum opus, that's, that's intentional. So the best way is to eliminate the things that don't serve. You have to say no. It, it's as simple as, and it's not simple, actually. It's not simple to say no because you want to help. <laughs> I, you know, Jason, you and I know very well, you know, we always want to, we always want to be helpful to people. And so it's hard to say no, because you know what that means. But um, fear of saying no yeah. too sometimes is because especially as, as an entrepreneur, and you know we're trying to do this thing. Or we are we're not trying. We are doing this thing. Uh, but there's there's that fear of saying, oh, well, if I turn this down, that might you know result it might result in me not getting called for something else. You know what I mean? There's that fear, especially if you if you're paying the bills. I mean, let's be honest. When stuff comes up, on that note, no pun intended. Well, the pun's always intended. Uh, I'm turning down live solo gigs. You know, most of you know, I play live acoustic shows around the Tampa area here. I play eighties music. And whereas that's fun, I originally started doing that a few years ago so that I wouldn't lose stage presence, the experience of playing in front of other people. Cause I've, I've played on stage, you know, at a small capacity, but throughout my entire life as a musician, but the past few years before I started doing this, I had not played on stage. And I'm like, okay, I need to get back on the stage. So that was the reason. And it just kind of snowballed in a good way. But Ken, like you said, 
it's like, okay, I'm doing these gigs now. And it, and it seems like when I have a gig that day or that evening, it's like the whole day kind of revolves around that. I mean, I've got a show tonight at Bootlegger's Brewing, you know, here in January, which I love that place. It's such a cool place. But you and I are doing this podcast. In a couple hours, I've got to load up the car. I need to go through my vocal exercises, um, prep things and that sort of thing, get there early to set up and then play the show and then tear down and leave, right? So that's right. a good, you know, six to eight hours of day. It's not just going to play a three or four hour show. It's all the stuff that encompasses that. So I am saying no to more gigs and I'm just going to keep the places that I really like uh, because I want to work more on my own music. And, you know, we're at a point with Metal Mastermind with the growth that we've had. We can't slow down at this point. So that's Ken and I are both like really focusing on Metal Mastermind now more than ever. Um, if If I can tell them, we have actually hired some help uh on the web and, and absolutely it called, yeah it was called seo you know those of you guys familiar with some of the some of the computer terms not computer but the web terms that search engine optimization so we've hired an expert in that field to help us grow organically more which we're really excited about so that that's part of the reason why we have not done a podcast in the past couple of weeks weeks because We've had our heads down. Sometimes you got to put your head down and just work, guys. You know, sometimes you just have to. uh, We even had to say no to our own podcast the past few weeks because of that. You know, Ken and I both have other things going on too outside of Metal Mastermind, as as you just talked about with teaching and and with what I do. So we just put our heads down and we've been working. So I'm I'm glad to be doing today's podcast. I'm glad we're back on track here. But uh, yeah, you do have to say no to a lot of stuff and. A lot of people will want favors, and it's not that you're being a jerk, but it can, even things like emails, I don't get around to uh, sometimes all the emails I get and then all, all the uh, messages on social media, and sometimes people will tag me and stuff, and I, I just don't have time to watch. You know, I, I can't. If I, if, I, if I paid attention to all of that stuff, I would never get any real work done, you know what I mean? So. You know, which Metal Mastermind, we're going to answer you back, by the way. Don't think we don't respond. We, you know, we, we, I think we pride ourselves on being responsive if there's an issue uh, or a question about a course that we have or something like that. Something that's, you know, that's obviously legitimate. But yeah, guys, you do have to say no to a lot of things to, to do what you want to do. Absolutely. You know, it, we only have so much capacity. So every single thing that you do, um, yeah, it drains those energy dollars, man. You gotta, you gotta be very, very, you know, a little scroogey about that. <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. yeah. Your time yeah. has to be valuable. And I'll tell you, Ken, you're like me too. You know, you, you got a good other half in your life. Um, when I'm not working, then my wife and I are doing stuff together, man. We're, you know, mm-hmm. we're going on a trip, we're doing this, we're going out to eat or whatever, whatever the thing. Sometimes we just, you know, sit at home and, and, hang out with our animals, with our dog and their cats, all the feral cats we feed. So, you know, if, if I'm not working, then I like to be doing that. So I, I'm very careful, very careful with my time and how I spend my time, you know. So it, it's it's really got to be worth it for me to lean into it if it's outside of what I already do, you know what I mean? Because even if it does add to the workplace, well, that's taken, you know, that's taken away time from my wife and I, and I treasure that time. So that does very important to me as well. And I know you and Ellie are the same. Yeah. And you know, if you're creating something, um, understand that it will also take time for people to 
see that, right? You might have a, a really, really cool idea and you're working on this thing and you know it's going to be something that is you know, big in its own right. But as you're working on it, you know, people won't see it the same way as you do. And you have to just, you know, let that be, uh, you, you have to chalk it up. <laughs> I like to say, because, uh, nobody is going to do what you're going to do. Right. So you have to understand that people will see your vision when you believe that your vision is worthwhile and it is also like more formulated so it will take time for that to happen but when people start to see your vision uh you'll be surprised how much things start working more towards your goals yeah. um something that i just noticed right and uh it's it's very very crucial that you preserve the sanctity of your vision that you are always 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 uncompromising on what it is that your message is when you're making this creation um i find it to be very challenging uh to maintain that when you're first starting out because you might not even know what it is that you're actually building okay um and then when you do find that, uh, you'll see how much more things have become so much clearer for you. Uh, so just be patient with yourself when you go through the process of creating your album, creating whatever it is that you want to do. Maybe it's not even an album. Maybe it's something else. Um, but understand that you need a little bit of time. You are probably going to be the only person that really actually believes it in first. And you have to be. And then others will follow. So um, that's why, uh, you know, the music industry is hard because people, um, many people don't want to put in that work. They don't want to put in the work that it takes to develop uh, their music. They think, oh, my music's got to be, you know, made in, 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 a, in, a, in a four month time period. And I got to release it, you know, really, really soon. And you don't have to do that. Like that's madness, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the guys that are like tr releasing tracks all the time, like that's crazy. You, you know that that's, that's like less than 1% of people who can do that. <laughs> you know, like don't hold yourself to that standard of, you know, I got to release music like all the time or I'm not going to be relevant or whatever. No, you just have to release really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Stuff that you're just timeless like, stuff, dude. Yeah. yeah, that that's timeless. That is, you're so proud of it that you think it's the best thing you could ever make in your entire life. Like that's what you got to release. If you're not releasing that, you got work to do. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, and we we've got this uh, fetish on like every something has to be new all the time. We're we're always wanting the new thing, and you know, we're we're in the scroll generation where people don't want to pay attention more than two or three seconds before they move on to the next thing. And I, you know what, you know something, I'll give you a productivity hack <laughs> is I just put the phone down a lot of times and just don't look at it. We all feel compelled to pick it up and see who liked our post or whatever, or just, and you'll find yourself sucked into that thing 
and I'm not I'm not anti technology or anti iPhone. I mean, I use it, but I, I use my stuff for work, right? Ken and I both do. But you can get sucked in and just being consumed by being a consumer. And there's one thing that I did a couple of years ago, and I try to stick to this mentally, is I wrote down two words. I wrote down producer, and underneath that word, I wrote down consumer. I wrote this on a whiteboard. I crossed out the word consumer because you're going to consume a little bit anyway. Like I'm, I'm going to consume some lunch here pretty soon, right? <laughs> that requires buying food, right? So yeah, I'm not saying don't consume anything, but I, I think a good rule is I love the 80-20 rule and, and that kind of works for a lot of things in life. And if, if you're consuming, limit your consumption to 20% of the time and you're producing something 80% of the time, you're going to come out ahead. But if, if you're constantly on your phone or just allowing yourself to you know, just consume everything, but you're not producing anything, you can't really expect to have the thing you're working on take off. And especially you, us musicians, right? Ken, you talked about it takes time to build something great. And why would you try to release a single every however often these people do it? You know, you and I learn from Leah McHenry that there are seasons, like you go through a season of writing, then you go through the season of, you know, recording that, that song or that record, getting that together. But you also need a season to where you promote it. If you just put something out there and you're on to recording the next thing and you didn't promote it, well, how are people going to know about it? So I think, you know, I think can, you, can, you can say this as well, is you need to, you need to put just as much energy into promoting your material that might be making videos maybe you don't have the funds to hire a pr company and that's fine maybe maybe you promote it on youtube you just you know like me i released overcometh and and uh when was it december of last year 2023 well my saturday series of lessons that i do on my youtube channel have been showing you riffs from the album Overcoming. So <laughs> you've kind of like, you know, I've kind of made uh, this like little little pool of not only giving value out there, showing you some riffs and showing you some things that, you know, all that good stuff, which you expect from me, but I'm also, I'm also promoting my album. So make stuff for it, make content, write blog posts, right? Have a website where you write on it. And, you know, Ken, you've got a lot of different things for this next upcoming Homeric project. And of course, I'll be sharing some guitar content with you guys on that uh, on that <laughs> album when it comes out. So, spend I, I say all that say this: spend as much time and energy in that phase. Each phase requires time and energy. Otherwise, there's not really much point in just releasing and releasing and releasing, especially if no one's going to listen to it six months from now. It's like, okay, yay, huh? new song. And you just kind of bury yourself with a bunch of content. Ken, you, you and I just talked about this before the podcast. Where I was talking about how I've put in so much work, so many hours uh, in, in a specific website. Uh, it's the muscleprogram.com. I still own it. I still run it, but I haven't touched it in a couple of well, a few years now because it was taken away from what we're doing. And that business wasn't really going anywhere, even though I put so much work into it. I just blog post after blog post, over 200 posts, uh, just years of working on that site. What I failed to do is work on the right stuff, right? I mean, if you, if, mm -hmm. if you find something that works and dial that in, then you can start putting more effort into that. 
what I should have done is more research instead of just cranking out content after content, aka song after song for some of these folks, right? I should have spent more time doing research, which is what Ken and I are doing now with Metal Mastermind. We really want to hone in on what all you folks listening right now, what are your desires, you know? Your desire is to be part of Metal Mastermind, which <laughs> we're giving you that, right? But no, seriously, though, we, we want to hone in on what you want, right? Instead of just putting a bunch of stuff out there, we, we really do our best to put quality stuff out there. But we're talking about that. You know, I, I came from an era that just believed in hard work. Well, if you just work hard, you'll get somewhere. There's a little truth to that, because I can tell you, if you, if you don't work hard, you can probably expect to be broke, right? Unless you're a trust fund baby. I don't know any of those, but you do have to put in the effort, but it needs to be focused effort. And this has been one of my shortcomings over the years as I'm sharing with you now, uh, a life hack, a productivity hack, whatever you want to call it, you know, do the due diligence of making sure that what you're working on is something that's going to be of substance that you're not just, you know, running real fast in place, not going anywhere because you can be busy. You can spend 12, 14 hour days and not get a lot done. On routines, by the way. No, on routines as well. Yeah. <laughs> I spent two hours, two hours on my routine. Then I worked for 10 hours and you could do all that and still not, and still not really go anywhere. If the work yeah. that you're doing is not focused on, uh, on a core result that you're going for. There's a lot of little moving pieces. So I think, I think it's fair to say that we should all spend as much time in other phases of what we're working on too, not just the one. And look, guys, if you don't have the time, to, let's say you just want to create, right? Let's say you want to, you're like, okay, well, Ken, Jason, I know what you're talking about. I need to spend more time in promoting my music, but I don't really know what I'm doing. So you have two choices. You can A, learn, put in the time to learn, or you might be saying, well, I don't have the time. I work too much. Well, take some of that money you're making from working and reinvest. And if you're working really that much that you don't have the time, then invest in yourself just like Ken and I did. There's, you know, there's some parts yeah. to, you know, of our business that we're really wanting to grow and put more cool stuff out there for everyone. So we have hired an expert in an area that we're not experts in. Just like I right. told you, and I, I don't, I, I'm not an expert in everything. I don't want to be an expert in everything. You spread right. yourself thin with that. You know, I, I, I'm a songwriter. Ken, you're a songwriter. You're a composer. Uh, I, I enjoy making content, right? But a lot of the back end stuff, I'm just, I'm just not that great at. And, I, and I've, I've kind of accepted that, you know. Somebody's going to come fix the siding on our house that blew off. <laughs> you know, I was telling about Ken earlier. We had a, a little windstorm here in Florida a few weeks ago, and it blew some of the siding panels off. So, I've got a gym buddy coming to fix that. I don't like working on my house. I'm not good at it. I hate it, actually. I can't stand it. So, so I'm going to hire somebody that knows what they're doing to do that because he's going to do it probably in an hour, right? Whereas it would probably take me four hours and I would still screw it up. And then that takes away from what we're doing right now. That's so true, man. Like I, I totally oh, get true. that. And, you know, you have to really choose what it is the, 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 that makes it most efficient for yourself. Um, delegating is a big learning process <laughs> because when you're doing uh, DIY indie music, everything is like, I got to do this. I got to do that, you know, and it gets very hard to discern what are the 
things that you can do yourself that you can be most effective at versus just hiring that out for somebody else. And honestly, I think the first way we start to realize that is at the point of creation when we're hiring people like session musicians to play on our stuff. Like it takes a little bit of a, you know, of an ego check to say, I need a, I need to hire somebody to play this, right? I can't do this myself, right? So you have to be humble enough to say, I need to do that. And, you know, you allow this to naturally become something that is organically grown by people. Um, after your creation phase, though, uh, marketing, that kind of stuff, that's a very daunting part of all of this. And if you don't have marketing experience, what I would say is find other people who are trying to learn marketing as well. And try to make a friend that's on your level that is also trying to push, right? Don't you, you could, you could hire the, the best, the best too. But if you do that, understand that they're going to be requiring a certain amount of individual in order to really make that quantum leap for them, right? Cause if you're just not able to even understand, let's say like basic terminology about marketing, that's going to be very difficult for you. That's not to say that it's impossible. There's always exceptions, but you have to work with where you are, right? And you can work yourself to a point where you can get good at marketing, right? I would say right now, Jason and I are pretty decent at marketing, but we weren't always that way. We started from ground zero too, and we had to learn and we had to put time and we had to put money. God knows, money. Oh my God. So well, we much money. A lot, so we much money because. <laughs> You know, here's another, I was talking, I was telling my students about this yesterday. I was like, you know, when it comes to uh, advertising, you know how you get good at advertising? You spend money because you have to, you have to, (laughs) there's no way you have to test. You have to see. And I was telling, you know, try this to, you know, to see what's working. And they're like, oh, that's, that's how simple this can be. It's like, yeah, it could be simple. It's just, you have to actually do the work, you know? So you have to, you know, if you're not willing to do the work, you're not going to learn about it. It's going to be a lot harder for you, right? And what did I say about the modern musician today? A lot of people don't want to do that work, which is why music is very hard. The music industry is probably like the hardest industry that I know of, (laughs) okay? Because it actually is so dependent on the person taking action. So you could be the most talented person and everything, but if you don't know how to keep an audience, even if you go viral, right? Let's say you go viral just for being really talented at something. Are you capturing all those, those people, right? Are you, are you retaining that attention? Are you able to keep that attention and momentum going? If you don't, you don't know what you're doing (laughs) and it falls off, right? I, I I would hate to be called a one-hit wonder because that's the only thing I was ever good at in life. Like, nobody wants to be called that. But what's the reality of it, right? It's that people who are one-hit wonders had talent, you know, but they made something that went viral, it went big, but they didn't know how to retain it, right? That's really what it means when you're a one-hit wonder. So when you're on a path of trying to create you know, something that you want to make, let's say that's like talking legendary, right? You want to 
set a legacy for yourself. It, it takes a lot of great intention. It starts with the intention, right? If you're doing this, why are you doing this? Right. If you can't answer the question of why, and it's not something where it feels frivolous to you, right? Like, I just want to be famous. Okay. Do you know what that means? Right. What does it mean to be famous to you then? Right. Is it, is it, is it a lavish lifestyle or whatever? But like, if that is the case, you have to determine all the things that motivate you to get to that point. And you have to be very intentional and very vivid. You know, that's why people make vision boards, right? That they do that so they can help remind them exactly why they're doing what they're doing. And when you do that, it makes it so much easier to remind yourself day after day. And that's your routine, right? So keeping yourself on track is half the battle of being a musician. That's really what it is. And learning the skills and knowing where your limitations are. Because, you know, I could learn about marketing all day. But after a certain point, I'm going to stop being a musician. I'm just going to be a marketing guy, right? So I need to also understand that I can't do everything that I want to do as a marketing agent because I'm not that guy. However, I do understand what is necessary in order to get to the other side. You understand? So that is the connection that I'm talking about is you need to know just enough. You need to know just enough. And then you need to back that with a plan of action. And that plan of action has to be set in motion in a way that is least resistant as possible. That's where you got to figure out what's the path of least resistance to make that plan of action happen for you. I've and gotten lost in that before too, man. You know, I've gotten lost in like, well, I've got to learn to market and I got to do all this stuff. And I learned it, but I, I started digging deeper and deeper and deeper into it. I'm like, okay, am, am I even a musician and songwriter anymore? Am I just more of a marketer now? <laughs> Which wouldn't be a bad thing if you want to go that route. But my love, my my desire, Ken and I both, is, is music. You know, I, I want to be known for that. Sure. I don't really care to be known as a marketer. But like you said, can you... You learn just enough. And a, a good example I learned from Russell Brunson, uh, he's, he's famous for developing uh, for entrepreneurs a thing called ClickFunnels. A lot of huge corporations and, and companies and, and you know small outfits use ClickFunnels in order to sell their digital products or their service or whatever. But he made this thing. He's like, you know, I make all my marketing content. He makes it. He's, he's the face of the business as well as the owner. You know, he makes the marketing content, but he says... I've never been on the back end of Google or Facebook actually, you know, running the actual ad, doing all the inner workings, because that's kind of another skill set, learning all that together. So that's a good example of knowing the process, but maybe the, the little, you know, the bits and pieces, the mechanics of it behind the scenes, maybe that's the part that you hand off to someone else, you know? So that's just one example of many is, and I think as a musician, I think it's important to market yourself, whether it's as a band or solo artist, because your fans, you want to connect with them. And there's no better way to do that. And making some videos, you know, or, or just if you're a writer, if you're more of a writer, you want to write a blog post or something like that and having some pictures. The video is very powerful, though. But yes, as far as the advertising goes behind the scenes and learning how to use all the platforms and all that stuff, that's the part you might get lost if you're like me. 
It's like I can't stand going into Facebook or Google to run an ad to set all that stuff up because I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, and sometimes my results are proven. So, oh man, you, it's you just, know what I find know. though? Um, I find this to be a very, very fun part of the process. So yeah. people see a lot of people get scared by the term marketing, and they're like, "I don't know how to do this." But really, what marketing is is understanding what it is that you actually create. Because when you understand yourself to such a high degree, you can't actually help but market yourself because you're just literally just talking about what it is that you create, but you're so good at describing what you create. It sounds convincing for somebody to want to buy from because it's it's effortless, right? That is the epitome of what it means to be good at marketing. And it, Really, all it takes is for you to sit down, really figure out what is your message? What is this entire thing that you're creating and what's the brand of that entire process? And I find it to be a very, very cool thing because now when I'm on like my website and I'm like, you know, moving things around and whatnot, like I've got a clear picture in my head about what this is all about. And now I know like how I'm supposed to be communicating to somebody about what I do, right? Like my, my, for example, Homeric is, what, what is my promise with Homeric? It's not just like this cool metal, whatever. It's a journey. Like when you listen to Homeric, what you walk away with is, holy crap, I've just escaped my reality and now I'm sucked into this world of the inferno. Like it's a world. Right. So that's my promise is that when you come here, you're going to listen to this and you're going to be like swept off your feet on a roller coaster. Cause that's the, that's what it feels like when I listen to it. It feels like a roller coaster. So when you get to a point where you're just like, Oh yeah. And, and you can just talk about it like that. Like that is great. You're in a really, really good position. And now all the marketing efforts of if you were say to reinvest in your business, right? Like PR or advertising. You can reach out to places that know what to do in order to get the most results out of that. But yes. now you know what to give them because now they can just take your message and they're like, okay, this is a very clear message. I can work with this. And I know exactly who I need to market this to. And then they'll just do it. <laughs> and now it's just become so much 10 times, a hundred times more effective because you've done the homework. Okay. So at the end of the day, right, you don't need to be the guy who's doing all the ads or doing all the PR and reaching out to the blogs. You don't need to do all that. You can hire somebody to do that. And I would encourage you to do that because you probably can spend your time a lot better doing something else. But if you can focus on what your message is and what your brand is so that it is absolutely clear, that's really where the magic starts to happen for you. Um, and I, I say that because my, my, my first foray into knowing what I needed to do was our good friend, CJ. CJ was the one who actually the helped motivator. me, the metal motivator, CJ yes. Ortiz. He really, he really put that in perspective for me when I first heard that, um, back in, what was it? 2016, 2017, yeah, somewhere around back, Dude, we've known him yeah. for quite some time now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good dude though. Well, hope you guys um, got some packed value out of this, man. This has been a fun one. It's good to be back. 
Uh, Ken, real quick though, dude, do you have a song of the week? Yes, I do song. actually. I um I stumbled upon this group uh because of a coworker of mine. He loves metal, and uh, it's a band called Aborted. Uh, they they they're coming out with this uh, album called Vault of Horrors, but the song that I heard is called Death Cult. Uh, pretty cool, very intense, very intense, very. What about you, Jason? Um, I started listening to Obituary's latest album um, just this week in the gym, and it was uh, actually released about a year ago in January 2023 called Dying of Everything. And actually, I, I love all the songs on there. It is a, it's, a, it's an album you can listen to all the way through, in my opinion. And um, with the song itself, though, the title track, Dying of Everything, just a killer tune. Um, I, I, this is probably my favorite Obituary album. I can honestly say that. Wow. That's awesome. And they did it in Atmos, didn't they? They did it in Dolby Atmos at Moore Sound Recording here in Tampa. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping to meet them at some Exciting. point. You, you, you guys know I'm, I'm kind of uh, dipping my toe in the scene here. The scene in Tampa, Florida, was it was like the capital of the world for metal back in the 80s. And uh, real quick plug, so I'm, I'm going to be opening for a band. I'm playing. Not an acoustic solo gig, not cover songs, but songs off my album. Uh, I recruited, must I, well, I borrowed him. I don't know if there's a part <laughs> for drummers, but I borrowed Will, uh, Will James, a phenomenal musician from the band Must Not Kill. They're a local Tampa uh, stream metal band here. So he's going to be playing with me on stage. Um, also, I've got Drew from the Drinking with Drew show. He's going to be playing guitar. Yeah, I've got two guitars up there, myself and Drew. And then um, we've got Daniel Santana. He's a very well-known local musician around here playing bass. So we are opening on February 17th at the Brass Mug in Tampa. Uh, I'm going to be opening for a couple notable bands in the area here, Siren, Oblivion, and Seasons of the Wolf. So really, really excited about that. That's coming up. Uh, but yeah, that's... Um, I'm Congratulations, these- brother. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of the folks I know, especially the guys on Siren and, of course, Jim at Moore Sound, a lot of folks I've befriended, well, they, they know the people from Obituary and some of the bands, so I'm hoping to meet more folks in the, in the metal scene here over the next, next few months. So it's been a real cool, real cool ride. Amazing. Amazing. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, Ken and I are glad to be back on it. Ken, I think we're back on a weekly basis now. Um, we've got a lot of cool things coming up for Metal Mastermind. Just a lot more stuff to give you, give you all. And uh, if you haven't checked out our courses, go to metalmastermind.com. Check that out. We've got our latest courses. Rich Gray from Annihilator. Speaking of knowing cool musicians, <laughs> uh, the bassist from Annihilator, he he just created Metal Bassmaster. And uh, I'm working on a lead course. Ken, you're working on something as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline this year. So thank you guys so much. Once again, head over to metalmastermind.com, see what we have for you as always until the next show, create your own sound. <laughs>